0: Are you an investigative professional? Did you know you can find the best private investigator resources using Investigatorstoolbox.com? This resource community was built exclusively for licensed investigators and investigative professionals. You can network directly with members, educate yourself through free webinars and blogs, and even create your own customizable research library. Membership starts for as little as 49 cents a day. Download the Investigators Toolbox app or visit our webpage at www.investigators-toolbox.com. Want full data access without a site inspection? IRB Search gives you full social security numbers, dates of birth, up-to-date contact info, and so much more without the inconvenience or cost of an inspection. As an added bonus, you can access IRB data on any device in any location. You'll always have the best data anytime, anywhere. Visit irbsearch.com and use exclusive promo code PIPOD2021 for a free trial and 100 credits. Offer available for new and returning customers. Welcome to PI Perspectives. Today, we have a real interesting show. Investigator attorney Wes Bearden returns, and we discuss DARPA and FARA. There are things you'll want to know if you're working for any foreign corporations. It's been a real hot topic button lately, with several investigators arrested by government for working for foreign shell corporations that are actually owned by foreign governments. So let's join the guys and jump into this important topic. Please welcome Wes Bearden and your host, private investigator matt spare
1: and welcome everybody to this week's episode of pi perspectives this is matt spare your host today we're uh, getting kind of a legislative update kind of things you should know about the industry uh what's going on down in washington and there's been some stuff in the news so nobody better to talk about that stuff than west beard and so uh west i'm going to welcome you back to the program how are you
2: doing good doing real good thank you for having me how you been
1: i've been good man i've been traveling i was out at vegas at the intel net recently i was down in georgia uh going to the slick conference um it was neat and uh you know we're we're, uh we're in conference season now so things are picking up and uh thankfully COVID has been down and folks are getting out and doing things uh how about yourself i know you were you were in england for a bit and uh doing some other stuff too what have you been up to
2: oh just about the same starting to travel again i think. you know, to me, at least the courthouses are starting to open up, which is great. So that uh you know, it means you actually get to go and see your your adversary in persons to post on a TV screen. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And and no uh, more no more yeah. cat filters, right?
2: Right. No more cat filters. <laughs> so, uh, well, we still you know, it, it's funny, some of the Zoom stuff has been just phenomenal for uh you know the court process and the hearings and i hope we keep some of it to be honest with you but uh but it is kind of refreshing to come out of it and seeing people come out to the conventions and starting to see just you know i mean the airport being busy i mean it's all hopeful so hopefully we're yeah. we're out of this thing forever so.
1: yeah there's definitely going to be some sort of a hybrid thing going forward uh, especially with court um i attended a uh, a webinar from the trial lawyers association in new york recently where they were uh um, you know, they passed a bill uh, allowing virtual notaries, uh, mm-hmm. but you got to jump through a lot of hoops to get it done. So, uh, you know, jumping on that that webinar was very educational for me, you know, to make sure that I'm compliant with what I need to do going forward to get that stuff done. And and even with depositions, I'm, I'm noticing uh, a lot more happening. I share office space with an attorney and, and just the whole attitude of the depositions is so much more laid back
2: and people are more agreeable to get things done. I think the judges like it better too. Well, I'll tell you, I I had some depositions about a week or two ago and uh, it was about 20 lawyers and um, but it's become normal now that this court reporter will uh, coordinate all that. So I think probably about 10 or 12 or maybe 15 of us I don't really remember showed up at a, at a conference room to take this deposition and the other 10 were basically zoomed in from all over you know like you know Timbuktu which is great I mean it's 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 kind of neat because it gives you the option to show and it's great for the client because you know a client doesn't usually want you to just go listen to somebody's testimony and you know pay you to you know fly you five hours away and (laughs) house you and and feed you just for that so it it really is a benefit that I think that if we could find some hybrid version of it moving forward I think it it would be really great so
1: yeah no I I agree with you it's just so interesting to see just the the, I don't know if it's the laid backness, uh, but I've talked about this before uh, where, you know, I mean, I'm listening to this deposition taking place and the guy's like, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. I got to take a call at one fifteen uh, you know a quick settlement, um, you know, chat with insurance carriers. So I'm going to need like a 15 minute recess at one Everyone's like, yeah, cool. Whatever. No problem. I got to go feed my cat or, or do whatever. And I'm thinking in my mind, like, man, if you were in like a court reporter's office, that would never happen. Like they'd never allow any of that to
2: take place. No, no. Well, you know, I, uh, and not to continue to drone on about this, but it is interesting because it's just, you know, that's the way things are changing. Investigators are having to learn how to, to adapt with it too. But, yeah. um, you know, hey, at the beginning of the year, I tried an arbitration case, it was a five day arbitration for my living room. I yeah. said, I'm not going to come into the office. You know, I don't need everybody walking in. So I'll just, I'll just, uh, I went into my home office there and shut the door. And, uh, you know, did the whole thing in, in one position. And it was it, it was kind of it was actually pretty nice, to be honest with you, because I had my you yeah, had my own setup. I had it, you know, I could take a break. And if I'm taking a break, what am I doing? I'm going to my coffee machine. <laughs> right. <laughs> when I, yeah, I'm people, coming people- back. I mean.
1: And people just got to see all the weird artwork and, and creepy stuff you have in your living room. That's all right.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, I do have some weird things on my desk there, but that's, but, uh, uh but that's about it. And, and I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I had my shorts on and but I was dressed in a full suit from waist up and nobody could tell the difference, but, uh, it would, it worked out. So
1: that's all good, man. Um, yeah. So, so that's cool. So you, you've been doing this and, and, um, you, you've always had a passion, uh, and, I, and this is why I love tapping on to you for this stuff, for the whole legislative um, you know, side of our industry. You, know, you served as the uh, president for National Council Investigative Security Services. Um, I mean, you've served WAD, various different associations uh, you're, you're a part of, and you've, you've always got your, your ear to the ground um, and having that legal you know, lawyer background and investigative background is, has been great um so we had to, an, an issue come up um recently that uh, it, through nciss we were chatting about and i had actually come on to talk about this stuff and it involves working with um foreign nationals and um you know these corporations that basically uh maybe shell corporations or whatever so we wanted to just you know discuss that uh, and get the word out on what you should do and and maybe just give us some tips uh, for dealing with that stuff. So um, you know, let, let's dive into it a little bit. Tell me, um, you, you know, you have knowledge on some of this stuff. So uh, tell me what your
2: perspective on it is. And I think, I think at the end of the day, which I'll probably repeat is that this is a, a lesson about you need to know who your client is, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and I, I mean, that shouldn't be a shock. I mean, if you go back and you, um, Watch any old movie from the forties or the fifties about a private detective, or even the new ones that that are out there. You know, the knives wide out type, you know, who done it type deal. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, you know, if you, those old movies, there's always a turn, and it's always the guy that hired the private investigator that did the killing or something. Chinatown, like yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, and and so you you know um, you, you you and and, and I, I I've seen this happen now in, in multiple different ways. In fact. um, I was actually on the phone yesterday with a police department who uh, was um, ha- had arrested a gentleman for stalking, and they believed that he was not only stalking, he was probably going to commit murder on a young lady. And uh, they think that he duped a private investigator for some information, um, but they didn't know. And they were trying to figure out what the legal ramifications and where that whole would shake out at, and so I helped them out a little bit on that. But, but, but uh, that was what we used to worry about years ago: is that you would have a a single man call up and say, "I want to find Susie Q," and you would just provide them the information, and then all sorts of things would happen. Uh, most investigators kind of instituted their own their own you know, uh, kind of protocol to protect that. For instance, you know, if we're doing a surveillance in my group uh you know we particularly on family law case we're not going to give you an immediate update we'll call you the next day you know the, what's the reason for that rule well the reason for the rule is make sure that we're doing our job out there but the, the real reason is that we we don't trust that you're not going to become inflamed and go out there and meet them at the hotel so sure. so you know you know there's a delayed update so that's very common for investigators, uh, NCISS adopted a little thing that, uh, if you're a member of NCISS, you agree to it, which is you're not going to locate a single person for another single person without taking some precautions. And you know, those precautions can be checking your client out. They can be, you know, creating a mailbox system. Listen, you, you know, I'll find them, you write a letter, I'll give it to them. If they want to <laughs> make yeah. contact with you, we'll, we'll, we'll work it out. Sure. Uh, if they told me no, well then, you know, you're out of luck, but, but there's all sorts of rules to that what, what FARA has done is kind of uh, put all that on steroids. And what happened is we've had now a few cases where a private investigator will get hired and he'll usually get hired for some type of uh, case. that's, you know, pretty normal for you. Uh, for instance, uh, the ones I've, I've heard a lot about is, well, this individual owes us money. Um, You know, we'd like to know what his assets are, where he lives, Mm -hmm. where his cars, where his property is. We'd like to know, uh, you know, what his daily habits are, things like that. You know, know, well, that's a pretty common case, and you probably charge whatever you charge for that, a few thousand dollars or whatever to figure that out. Well, uh, what we found is that a couple of those cases, the guys who are actually hiring you are intelligence agents from foreign countries who are trying to get that information without having to expose themselves uh, and probably the biggest defender of that is the People's Republic of China.
1: Oh and, no, no, they don't do that. That never happened.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's what they're—that's what they're doing. Of course, they're doing it through companies, and that look legit. Uh, of course, you know, if you're in China, most companies in China are owned by the Chinese government, at least if they're any size. And so, it, it makes things very difficult. And so, that's how we're seeing. We've actually had one investigate recently, but that's not the only one we've had a couple of the investigators who have been uh, who faced criminal prosecution yeah. because they were they thought they were working for a legitimate client turns out they were working for a foreign government so
1: yeah yeah it's scary man like not not doing your due diligence on that i mean this is why like for me personally i always made the the decision just to kind of keep it to personal entry cases because yeah you get so many phone calls especially the name of my business being satellite investigations like it's, they, they come out of the woodworks for the satellite images of, of things. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, in hindsight, you know, it's like, mm, maybe it wasn't the best name, but uh, I'm too far in, there's no going back now. Right. Um, right.
2: And, and, and really, you know, I, I it's always, I always want to make sure that that your investigators know the rule, you know, the rule is this. Um, and, and look, if you're in the DC area, you know what FAR is. Everybody that works in DC knows what FAR is. So Break it down
1: for, for people that, that don't know what, what is FAR.
2: Sure, sure. FAR FAR is a Foreign Agent Registration Act, and if you're in D.C., you can represent a foreign government or quasi foreign entity like China or North Korea. I mean, North Korea has lobbyists in D.C. Believe it or not, right. uh, and it's fine as long as you register with the federal government. And there's you know ongoing registration things that you have to you know, like lobbyists. lobbyists. Um, well, part of FAR says, well, if you're there to to locate information and return it back, well, isn't that what we do? Find information and give it back to them. Uh, And you're working for a foreign government or foreign entity uh, or or, a foreign quasi-governmental entity, then you have to register. And that doesn't mean that if your Chinese client calls and says, I'm divorcing my American husband, you probably can work for them automatically. That's not an issue, you know? Uh, But but if if the Chinese uh, client calls and says, well, I want you to find for my company that happens to be the Chinese government X, Y, and Z. Well, then you probably have a duty to register. And so you've got to start, you know, kind of thinking about that, figuring out how that's going to work.
1: So let me ask you a question, man, because because I get this coming across uh, sometimes too. So there's a an out-of-state investigation company that has a um, a contract with some sort of manufacturing company that sells things uh, in a particular area. And it, it it's supposed to be only um, – it's broken down in zones or maybe they're not supposed to be selling a competitor's, you know, same product. And they, they want to hire someone locally in New York to let's say go to Flushing because there's, there's a big Asian community there and go into the store and just do some surveillance to see if they're, um, you know, if they're selling multiple things or, or doing something they're not supposed to be doing. Uh, so as a local investigator, we're getting hired by another investigation company that let's say is out of California or or minnesota or whatever um is there a duty to register um if their client let's say that company from california their client is maybe a um a foreign company
2: well if it's a foreign company no but if it's a if it's a foreign government yes and the problem is with china is that a lot of times their companies are the government
1: you just don't know who owns those companies right
2: right but 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 i think you also get to another problem which i've seen for years and that is, look, we are a shrinking group. I mean, I, every everything you look at, we're shrinking. I mean, we're not we're not getting bigger. Right. Um. Um. You know, the, the number of private investigators and agencies is 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 coming down a little bit. That may be good for all of us that are still left in the game, but I see that happen all the time on any organization's list service. Hey, I need this, or I need that, or I need a surveillance, or I need a service, uh, or I need an interview. And unfortunately, I think what we're going to have to start doing is talking to each other. You know, well, what are you doing this for? Well, this is, you know, it's a criminal defense case based in Vermont. Okay. I always, well, that makes- I
1: always do that. Yeah. If, if I'm taking something on, I'm I'm interviewing the the, the, the PI it's coming from for sure.
2: <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I do worry about our, our, our guys and gals not doing that. And I think that if you're not understanding who your ultimate client is, and it's not who pays your bill usually, it's the person who the rears on the line it's usually the company or the individual or the, you know that that's in the it's in the criminal or the civil litigation or whatever it is so i really think it's important for, for our investigators to be doing that and i do worry because i do see business swapped over that thing uh quite a bit you know you just need to flesh it out a little bit and ask you know and and they may tell you and they may and they may not and and they may you know i mean i'm not sure that you know well it's it's uh a big auto manufacturer i'm working for okay well it may be fine you know i mean you just gotta figure
1: that out so right right so always know your client that's that's really what it comes yeah. to. um so we're going to take a quick break and when we come back i want to uh just dip into a, a little more on this and uh you know we'll refund a couple other legislative things that are uh, that are going on there so everybody sit tight and we'll be right back
0: is a good case management system keeping you from taking your business to the next level CrossTracks is the premier case management system for the investigative community. They're the only SOC 2 certified case management software available. Visit CrossTracks.com, tell them you're a listener, and save even more. Get a plan in place for the new year to grow your business to the next level. Looking for an insurance agent that puts you first? Every PI business is different. That's why OREP Insurance can shop multiple markets to ensure you get the best coverage to meet your unique business needs. OREP's model is business by the golden rule. And for over 20 years, they've built their business by putting their clients first. So come enjoy a fast online application and same-day certificates of insurance at OREP.org. OREP has coverage for arms investigators, executive protection, and even has a separate policy for security firms. The application takes less than five minutes, so visit OREP.org today. OREP.org In 2019, Investigation Education Consultants added a new affiliate in its never-ending quest to provide quality professional investigative training. IEC is now offering certificate courses and investigative training online. Our website, IECOIT.com will soon offer a certificate in professional investigation for those interested in entering the investigative field. There'll be standalone investigation classes for those seeking continuing education credits, CEUs, or just interested in taking classes for their own personal or professional interests. The classes currently available are Foundations of Investigation, Legal Investigation, Criminal Investigation, Fraud Investigation, Background Investigation, Interviews and Statements, Skip Tracing Locate, ethics, and report writing. Investigator Toolbox members will receive a 20% discount off the listed price. So visit IECOIT.com. Are you in the New York metro area and are looking for work? Satellite Investigations is currently looking for a full-time field investigator. Visit Matt's profile on LinkedIn for more details and the links in the show notes. Good luck. Check out the latest issue of PI Magazine, available online or by hard copy. Visit PIMagazine.com to learn more. And welcome
1: back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. And we're here with Wes Bearden today from Dallas, Texas. Wes, welcome back to the program. Thank you. All right. Thanks. So we're talking the Foreign Agents Registration Act and DARPA and all the do's and don'ts. And we were covering really the fact of, of knowing your client, you know, knowing who you're working for, And that even includes your subcontracting work, right? The investigators that you're working with really getting a sense of, um, you know, why they need the work done and who you're actually working for, which I think is, yeah, it's a no brainer, something you definitely have to do, right?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, and and, and I'll be honest. I mean, I know that everybody's always worried about their client, uh, disclosing who their client is. Um, and, and, And I don't discount that i mean listen getting a client in this business is a hard thing to do <laughs> and then it's even harder to know what you're doing for them yeah and try to be successful at it but 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 i but i just uh i've never seen real success where you where you tried to hide one investigator in the closet and just you know um i mean you know create a team make it work yeah. uh what
1: ndas are for teams. you
2: know NDAs yeah that's and,
1: right and non-competes that's that's what they're made for you know so you should be able to share who your clients are and if you're good at what you're doing you're not going to lose those clients I mean, that's right yeah i mean relationships
2: that's right yeah i mean I, that that's just the way i've practiced and, and i think that's the way uh the better way to do it and um uh, but i do think that uh, um yeah i do think that there that it does worry me um you know that the amount of work that's being swapped because it's increasing, right? I mean, more and more, we're seeing people moving. I mean, even right now we have great migration out of certain cities to other cities in the the United States. And, um, um, you know, you're, you're going to have cases across state lines all the time now. And so I think it's just a matter of, you know, the the real lesson here is know who your client is. And if you think that your client is a foreign government or a foreign government agency, um, and that, you know, that can be, yeah, you're thinking, Oh, is that the KGB? Sure. But it could be the you know, the department of transportation for Moldova, <laughs> you know what I mean? so I
1: watch those guys. They're sneaky.
2: Yeah, that's right. But <laughs> but if you, if, you, if you think then, then you probably need to get with a lawyer figure out yeah. how the best way to work it, yeah. you know, and, and there's all sorts of exemptions. I don't know that it's worth our time to go through for an hour and talk about, but you know, a lot of times I, I have found, and I'll tell investigators this, that, uh, you know, if you can, if you can get your client to a lawyer, if they don't have a lawyer, even if it's a big business, there's a lot of protection for the investigator there. I mean, because it really places all the duties now on the lawyer themselves, right. and and so I, I would really kind of encourage that. I think we're kind of getting to a point in all law now, investigations where it just benefits you to make sure that you got a lawyer involved. Uh,
1: that's my company policy. I mean, I get phone calls from people all the time, and me and you know, my first question is, you know, do you have an attorney? They say yes. I said, okay, we'll have your attorney call me, and you know selfishly is because i want you know i want to make sure i'm getting paid yeah. <laughs> so hey like you know the attorneys have escrow accounts and you know, it's a pretty good pretty good chance you're going to get paid on on things um but the other thing is is you know making sure that you're it's all legitimate and um you know i think if if a, a lawyer believes in a particular issue enough to take it on um that's good enough for me and um I, you know you bring up a good point with having that that protection, right, is, is extended. You, as an agent of that law firm, you're you're now covered a little differently, um, you know, in that sense. And I think one of the other things too, you got to be really careful of. And uh, there was a case up here in my neck of the woods um, where uh, you know somebody got tangled into all this stuff, and they, they did things that were a little bit unethical. And uh, you really have to ask yourself, you know, if, if someone's asking you to do something. And it doesn't feel right it's not within the scope of of what we do professionally you really got to ask yourself should i do it you know in in this particular instance you know something was done and a guy got paid for it now he's facing real jail time and it's 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 just not worth it right
2: right right those, and those yeah those uh, stories are all over the place to be honest with you you know the other thing too and, and from a business perspective um you know and i i now i i, I do a lot more of it i mean it, um you know particularly in in kind of the commercial type litigation and uh, um that i'm dealing with nowadays uh and, and you know i get a lot i personally get hired a lot of times as a as a conjoiner basically you know maybe not as the trial counsel but maybe as the second one or the guy who's going to try the case but there's two other lawyers you're going to watch me <laughs> you know your I mean, bridge so, was
1: your bridge right get
2: it. Yeah, yeah yeah and but but as an investigator you can work like that i mean if you get somebody who calls you and says well i don't have a lawyer You know, I mean, the good, the good, uh, the good business thing to do is, well, let me give you three of my lawyer friends who I think are pretty good. And you can call and, you know, choose them. You know, here's what the price ranges are. And once you talk to them and then get back to them. And, um, you know, which I found when I was an investigator prior to being a lawyer, that was a, uh, that drove a lot of business for me because it told my my lawyers, hey, not only can this guy do us a good job, but this guy sends us a little bit of business too.
1: Right. That's always a good thing. Lawyers love referrals yeah you know, <laughs> it's amazing you give them one and you're good for like two or three years worth of business you know right. uh, so it's it's uh yeah that i definitely learned that and you know the problem with me is you know i i work with over 100 you know so i get a case that comes in it's like all right who do i give it to that's <laughs> right yeah that's right.
2: well well you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you this as a lawyer for investigators you know uh Lawyers, the marketing companies for lawyers now are just crazy. The I mean, there's, there. Oh, I mean, that, yeah, and there's tons of them and, and some of them are great and some do do good things, but I, I'll just personally tell you the best cases that I've ever, ever had are people who I've known, yeah. um, or, or I knew the person who referred it to. Me. Yeah. Um, and it, that, that's just, uh, that's just how, you know, it's been, I, I've done the best job for those people and and those people that had probably the best experience because we had a common connection i believed in their cause i just wasn't taking the next you know thing coming in the door mm-hmm. and uh, it worked out so yeah, yeah. referrals are great
1: no our referrals are awesome um so getting back to um these types of cases here these these working for foreign governments uh, knowingly or unknowingly and all that um mm-hmm. yeah, we're seeing more and more of this and which is why i had asked you to come on and and, and chat about it uh, because unfortunately not knowing is, is not innocent, you know, like uh, right. you, you got to stay on top of all this stuff. And, and, and I think we have a duty um, to just get the word out to to each other to, to know about this stuff, which is why organizations like NCISS, which we're both a part of, we both serve on the board of, are so, so important. You know, people have no idea what goes on behind the scenes. When you get on a, a board like that and you see everything's going down, like, it's very stressful, man, because you're just seeing all this nonsense that's going on all through the country. And you're like, oh my God, it's going to happen over there and it's going to spread over here and do this and do that. Like, you know, kudos to you for being like the president of that association because I have no interest in ever doing that.
2: Well, it's, yeah, it, it, it is a bit of a fire drill almost on a daily basis. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, you've got to, I think those boards, uh, you know, is, is to make sure and warn people when you really think there's a real need to warn them. And this is one of the needs. I mean, I think this is going on. I don't think it's going on with everybody, but I do think it's happening. And I do think that if you get caught up in it, it can be a really bad day. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I think, I think it just goes back to something that we've all been preaching for a long, long time is know who the hell your client is. Yeah. And you also, you know, look, I mean uh, I'm sure that uh, there's probably some meeting in the people's Republic of China that's going Going on like well they figured us out on this one but we're gonna have to get a little bit more clever
1: darn that west beard <laughs> and I,
2: yeah, that guys and, everywhere and, and, yeah and, and i think they are going to get more clever i mean i think they are i mean i think that you know and so you know one of the first things i always ask just like you said well how did you get my name yeah. okay you know and, and and just because you don't know your client I mean, you can research a client. Sure. But, you know, again, there's other things that you might be able to do. Like refer are to a lawyer, work yeah. with another attorney, try to share the risk a little bit. Uh, you know, if it's a huge enough case, you maybe call a lawyer and say, Hey, can I do this or not? Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, but, but be real careful about that. I know sometimes, you know, we're, we're uh, quick to always make the deal want to happen. You just got to kind of think
1: through so yeah and also be careful of the lawyers too sometimes they ask you to do things you're not supposed to do too just because mm-hmm. they're an attorney doesn't mean they're they're, they're walking in the light either
2: <laughs> that's right that's right well you know my favorite thing is always you know i'll, I'll meet somebody said well i'm a trial lawyer well, how many trials did you try last year uh one or two well i snow ski twice a year man but that doesn't make me a damn olympian uh <laughs> yeah. you know i mean i mean you, you really have to understand you you know you you gotta you're right you have to understand who your lawyer is what do they have the type of experience for this type of stuff and and on and on on. but uh, and same thing for investigators right i mean you just you you just have to you have to feel everybody out not not everybody's the same so that license is a is a minimum
1: (laughs) no wonder the chinese government is so intimidated by you that i didn't realize you ski also is there is there nothing (laughs) if you saw me ski
2: (laughs) yeah would would not be pretty let's just say
1: that exactly it's a lot of a lot of things in motion there <laughs> yeah
2: yep yeah, that's right it's a hard stop
1: let's that's definitely say. a hard stop <laughs> just, just fall and roll buddy
2: That's <laughs> <laughs> all good man
1: um so uh what are some of the other things that are that are out there um i know in new york we have something with um uh, that's recently come up with uh sealed criminal records they're making a push to try and sneak in a bill um and and on a commercial, a commercial bill and just sneak in some language to, uh, you know, make uh, misdemeanors go away after three years and uh, traffic violations and all that stuff.
2: Well, it's, you know, that's um, unfortunately just not a New York problem. It's a problem everywhere. And, and unfortunately, even, you know, here in Texas, which kind of skews very Republican, I think some of the Republican members are even very sympathetic to it because you have businesses that are moving here left and right population's exploding. We've got to put people to work. They need people. We've got to have a labor market and we can't just exclude everyone. And so that's a pretty sympathetic cause. And so that's kind of what's been been brewing. Now, you know, there have been all sorts of people who have been in and out of that battle. Um, You know, part of the problem for years is that we used to have a free press, um, newspapers, you know, and and all the newspapers are closed now, but the newspapers are really the who would fight for public information they would come down they were the greatest allies we had they had a lot of money and they would come and they would they would fight at the state capital for that well uh they've gone by the wayside and i'm not sure we have a a, a suitable replacement to that um and so we've got to start making these arguments to them and, and some places have done it you know they'll, they'll say automatic expunction after such a period of time will make the expunction uh, very reasonable um you know the two areas i'm in in New Orleans, for instance, expulsions now are very easy to get. You know, you just you got to have a few hundred dollars, and I, I believe that they've even allocated some money to organizations who'll say, "Here, we'll help you do it." You know, mm. nonprofits. Right. And uh, Texas getting an expunction for years was was almost damn near impossible. You know, if yeah, you not guilty.
1: For folks who don't know what that that term is, <laughs> oh, it
2: means it, yeah, expu- getting your whole criminal record expunged, yeah, getting your file. Getting
1: wiping yeah. your slate clean right they your they all want to cl- they want to call that the clean slate act right everybody's that's, what
2: the, that's we, right yeah
1: we all deserve a clean slate you know uh i, I have mixed feelings on that man i really do um,
2: well i think it's good i think it's going to have to be a balance yeah and um you know part of the problem is this is being fought in a lot of the state capital you know the, the pre-employment screeners have actually launched a pretty good campaign against it yeah and so we we yeah. yeah and we we, we support that mm-hmm. um but but you know again you know i'm not sure they have our interest in mind i mean if you think about it a pre-employment is really concerned about seven to nine years as a private investigator you're probably concerned about 25 30 years because yeah
1: the, the thing that also concerns me Wes, is is the, the language in there with the, with the vehicle infractions you know because for me you know personal injury cases and and wanting to know your know, driver history and things like that like that's important you yeah know, um you know misdemeanors all right, so yeah, there is importance to that, in importance to that but, but to me, I mean, in my wheelhouse anyways, you know, the driving stuff, I'm like, whoa, 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 like, no, we need that, <laughs> you know? And then then it, it starts becoming, okay, so you did this, now let's do this. You did that and let's do this. So it, you start going down a slippery slope where, you know, six or seven years now, nothing's available anymore. And you go, how, do, how the heck did we get here? <laughs> like, how did it become this, right? Uh, well,
2: well, I think I think it is a fight that we're going to have to make. And I don't know if we're going to be able to get it. You know, you, know, you bring up a good point, And it's a point that, you know, I, I've argued for a long time is that you just can't say misdemeanors either. Right. And if you think about it, because in the big cities, Dallas, uh, uh, New York, I know, and Houston, uh, you know, Orlando, you know, for years, particularly in the 70s and 80s, they would have small minor city courts or municipal courts. That they would file all sorts of bad things like possession of marijuana, uh, possession of cocaine, they would file minor uh, sex offenses, uh, indecency, and uh, prostitution, they'd file these little, in these little misdemeanor courts, well, those are, those are cases that can be a big deal. right i mean you know if you have somebody go off and and do something inappropriate with a a kid or someone well you know that that indecency conviction all of a sudden becomes extraordinarily relevant well
1: yeah um, i mean child's victims act right you you want to say like okay well you didn't do your due diligence to do research on this person you hired who who ends up you know touching everybody they can get their hands on (laughs) you know um if if we don't have the ability to do that or, or an hr department doesn't have the ability to do that where's the justice for the these kids that are um, you know being abused and stuff it's it's very problematic
2: it is. And so we, what we got to really do is we have to explain why we need it we have to explain what our purpose is for it and who we are and 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 we got to keep doing that till we can't do it anymore basically so we're blue in the mouth
1: yeah i mean this is why again i mean we, we've said it before we'll say it again like nciss folks if you don't belong to it it's not a big buy-in uh, if you're an investigators toolbox member they give you actually 25 five dollar credit to join like you should be doing this stuff folks because uh at the end of the day we make money doing this stuff and yeah. if we're not allowed to do it anymore you're not going to make money and you're probably going to be out of business so yeah. um you know it's really really important to to support organizations like that they're going to keep an eye on making sure that we talk to we're blue in the face
2: right <laughs> but and 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 I think that uh, yeah, if you if you become a member of, of NCISs, you know what we also need is not just you as a member. but we really need people who are willing to do the talking and, and and get in front of the legislators. And uh, you know you know we do a very good job in Washington. I think uh, we do very good job in a lot of state capitals, but we don't do a great job in all of them. Um, and that's just because there's 50 of them, and it's you know it, it's 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 tough to be able to find key players in each one of those those states, but. Um, you know, we need help. So if you're a mover and a shaker and you like being involved in legislation, affairs and government, well then, you know, you know, this is, this is a place for you. Please, please come join us. And we need your help.
1: Yeah. Take an interest in your business essentially, right? If you're a business owner, like this is going to affect your bottom line. I mean, that's the way I look at it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so do, does that mean sacrificing a little bit of time to make a call or drop an email or do something? We're stronger together, Right. The more people to do this and and make a voice the more they're going to listen and a lot of times like i've talked to legislators like i've talked to, to, to directors of communications on staffs of these senators you know united states senators congressmen they don't know what the heck we do they have no idea and it's like when you start telling them hey this is what we do and this is why we do it and this is what we need it for the light bulb goes off it's like oh wow okay all right well that makes sense right you know, that's the other thing to remember, like, you know, the, the, it's the director of communication is who you want to talk to. Not necessarily the, the person who's casting well, the vote because they're leaning on their staff to for them to tell them what to do. Right.
2: Well, the staff is. Yeah. I mean, listen, any and it doesn't matter where you're at, but every staff member, I mean, every uh, uh, legislator's staff is, is young, you know, for the most part. Yeah. Uh, that's probably all that they've really done. They really don't. No offense, but they just don't have a connection to the real world. And so you've got to explain it. And we, you know, a lot of times they don't understand, you know, why we need what we need and, uh, you know, that we are a cog in the wheel of the justice system. And we have a purpose here. And if you take us out, it's not going to run as smooth as you'd like to think. So that's part of the problem.
1: Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. I know um, NCIS actually has a virtual hit the hill coming up in May. I think it's the May 16th and 17th. Uh, I encourage folks to check it out. I mean, it's not a travel commitment, right? Um, it's kind of something new that they're trying this year. And I, I think it's very interesting um, and I'm sure we'll talk more about it leading up into it. Um, as folks know, I do support that organization.
2: Um, yeah. yeah, It's going to be interesting. it will be the first time that we've done a, a virtual hit to Hill. We, we were very close to having a real one, um, but you know, um, DC, you just never. We just couldn't do it in advance without having some assurances that we weren't going to be in COVID that we could actually go to the Capitol that we could actually do things. Uh, But but this one will be kind of interesting with the virtual. So we'll we're going to try that see how much much more effective. Maybe we keep parts of the virtual moving forward. Uh, I just don't know. But uh, but I'd, I'd encourage people to come try to participate if you can i always try to encourage you to come because if you come you meet people and you you if you come you'll meet people that you might wind up doing business with for the next 20 or 30 years and you might you know meet some real friends and 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 have uh, uh, some real real connections across the country
1: yeah man i joined the board because i went you know i went to yeah. hit the hill my first hit the hill they the, the the board said hey if you're a member come sit in uh, on our board meeting and check it out and i sat down and i was so impressed by the passion of everybody in the room and the fact that there were plenty of people that honestly probably didn't like each other too much but still they were able to get business done and still operate as a, as a healthy board uh which to me was impressive and you know when i had the opportunity or I was i was asked would you consider to come onto this board i was like heck yeah because this is a this is a healthy organization right they, they know how to get things done so yeah i was so blown away um my my um first trip to hit the hill just how everything how it all worked it was really neat and and it was very exciting to go through the capitol building and try and get meetings and uh you know in 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 new york uh alexandria ocasio cortez is is the one like the 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 big she's in the news all over the place and and it's like i'm just gonna walk by her office to see if she's around and uh i came this close to getting uh, a a meeting which was pretty funny because she's super short She's like five feet tall maybe (laughs) it's like you look and you see somebody on on the tv it's like who's this big character who's just so tiny in real life but um i had the opportunity though to sit down with some other uh legislators and it was just it was so awesome man it was really really cool
2: yeah yeah it's uh um, it's a neat thing. And, you know, walking through the Capitol is a lot of fun. Being there with your friends is a lot of fun. You know, Washington's a, a, a neat town. There's always stuff to do. Oh, yeah, And, and, and so, you know, I do think moving forward, uh, I, I know the board has really talked about this and I'm glad to see him do this is there's going to be a lot more social atmosphere to, to our meetings where we go out and do things together. Uh, and we really ought to be doing that because like I said, DC's got so many things to go do you know not just the cocktail parties but the museums and and yeah. you know government buildings i mean they're just it, it's a neat place to hang out and have a conference
1: yeah, and there's some like science museums and stuff that are there that are really cool um yeah and even you know like our lobbyists uh, had a like a cocktail party for us and you said cocktail parties but that was really cool and it was good to to just chat with folks and uh yeah, i encourage anybody you know if you're a business owner and you're in this uh industry you should at some point make it a goal to uh to attend to hit the hill um when it's live um yeah. it, it really gives you a whole different perspective on uh on what it's like to do business and, and you know making sure that we're protected um to do the things that we need to do so uh this is going to conclude our nciss commercial uh <laughs> <laughs> sorry It's okay. I think uh, we're going to, we're going to wind down over here. Um, Wes, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I I really love that we're able to to talk about this stuff. You know, not a lot of people understand the whole DARPA thing and and the Foreign um, Agent Registration Act. And, and, you know, it's just something you just don't know about it because nobody's ever told you about it. Right. So this part of this program is to get the word out there about this kind of stuff. So I really appreciate you coming on
2: hey no problem no problem if there's anything we can do thanks for having me it's always a good time talking to you matt and hope to see you
1: soon yeah so you can find west on some ski slope somewhere uh with the
2: one tumbling down the mountain
1: tumbling down the mountain (laughs) um but uh listen if you can't find west beard then you're not a good investigator because he's all over the place Um, that's right that's right yeah so thanks pal we'll uh, we'll catch you again i'll have your contact information actually in the show notes all joking aside but uh yeah thank you again for coming on and being gracious to to give us some time here so um thanks everyone for tuning in and uh, we'll catch everybody next week on the next program take care
0: wes always has such a great perspective when it comes to legislative issues make sure you check out nciss and consider joining if you're not a member already We'd like to thank Crosstrack's IRB Investigator Education Consultants, Satellite Investigations, and our newest sponsor, OREP, for sponsoring the show. Please support our great supporters. Have you thought about joining Investigator's Toolbox? Now is the time to get on board and join the fastest-growing digital community for investigative professionals. Use code PIP201836 to save 10% on membership. And if you have a question or a comment about the show, email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. You can also find them on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We want your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. And we'll be back next week with a new show. So make sure you tune in and stay safe out there.